Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Welcome back to the Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me this week is Ted Lasso. Mr. Yeah. Adams. Hey, how's it going, man? Or Ted Lasso. You right, do look right. like Ted Lasso right now. Well, you know, that is my Halloween costume for this weekend. So, yeah. I hear you. I hear yeah. you. What's the word, Larry Bird? Is that That's right? right. I, I came up to you at the soccer match and said, what's the word, Larry Bird? And you kind of right. looked at me like, why are you dressed up, man? <laughs> Said, yeah, man, you look you, you look like a teepee in a wigwam. You're too That's tense. Right. Too tense. Well, I had fun. You know, I showed up for our girls. Our you know our team. Our girls had won a game, and they they you know they were they tied a few of them, but we're soccer, trying to yeah. yeah soccer. So we're trying to like you know I was kind of giving them encouragement. It was funny. I went over there, and the girls had no idea who I was, but all the all the parents were like high fiving me and stuff. So well, hopefully they didn't because they learned the f word a lot if they've been That's watching right, the yeah. so. Right, right. <laughs> Yeah, but man, it's good to see you. I've been Thanks, traveling, man. and that was the first time I'd seen you in a couple of days when you were lassoed out. So been been a whirlwind lately, you know, yeah. just parish missions, and then got to go up to Steubenville and speak at the school, which was a really awesome deal. And you ran into Matthew Leonard and Scott Hahn, and and you of course I was up there. An adventure, as they would say. Yeah, yeah, it was really neat. Got to go on Matt Pride's show, and uh, you know, really pour my heart out for a few hours about the uh, you know the story mm-hmm. and talk about men's ministry and vulnerability and all the stuff that we love to do and. It's just, you know, it's been crazy. That video's got a ton of views, and right. we've gotten a bunch of invites since then to go and start men's groups, and, and that's really where my heart is, man. I, I You know, we've started a couple now where we've gone places and, you know, given a mission or something, and then, you know, 35 men met here and, and you know, 19 here, and they're using the narrow road materials, and just we're training them how to lead men. That's the one thing I think that's missing a lot in men's ministry is everybody has a program and a box that says like, here, open it up and just hit play and you're good. But nobody ever trains the man. Like how do I actually lead other men? Right. Should I be leading other men? What's my relationship like with Jesus? Am I capable? Right. Right. If I get a good relationship with my, my family to where I could be away one night mm-hmm. and then all the other things that we teach and we train, um, and, and these guys are learning that and then starting these groups that are going to be there long after I come through and give a talk. You know, I love to go and give talks, but I want to see fruit that lasts, right? Where I can look back in five to 10 years in their bulletin, you know, online and boom, the men's group's meeting at 6.30 on on Wednesday or Sunday or whatever it is. That's what we're trying to do here because we want lasting change for men. Not the roller coaster ride where somebody comes in, you say something, you know, that affects people for a few days and right. then they're back to their regular life. Something that really lasts. So. Uh, I'm just so glad and thank Matt Frad for the opportunity. He's going to come on the show too uh, here in a couple of weeks. But um, I'm really glad that he gave me the opportunity because we're going to be able to go and expand the reach of what we're doing uh, in areas that we may not have had for a, for a, a while. So mm-hmm. um, excited about that. If you want to have me in to do any of what I just talked about, a Pierce mission, a men's conference, a retreat, um, to start men's groups, uh, you can find all that at justagownthepew.com. If you go there to the top of the page, you'll see uh, events and book John. There we've redone that page. So when you go in, um, it'll it, you know, you've got a line about the, the retreats that we've got coming up, which we've got one here in Memphis, February 4th through the 6th, that is going to be uh, sent out to the members first, the people that are in the community, because mm-hmm. it's a limited space. So that'll be sent out as soon as we get the page done in about a week or so, I hope. Um, that'll be out and then you'll be able to register and it'll be a first come first serve thing. But we'll be at the retreat center here in Memphis from a Friday through a Sunday. It's going to be a powerful weekend about restoring our identity and learning who we are as men of God. 
Um, so I'm excited about that. You can go and get on the wait list now uh, there on the page, but it also has the pilgrimage with Father Larry Richards. So we're doing that again in May of 2023, not 2022, 2023. And in that, we're going to have a 12-day trip to the Holy Land. I'm so excited about it. Father Larry and Richards and I are good buddies. Uh, a lot of women have asked, is this just for men? No, mm-hmm. it's not. It's for anybody. Uh, I could see where you would think that with both of us being in men's right. ministry. But we really hope guys and their wives come um, and, and children or whoever they want to bring. Uh, so you can go ahead and sign up for that pilgrimage on the page there, too, at the Book Me page. Uh, at the very bottom, that's where you fill out the form, anything you want. You can put in there. Myself or Amy will reach back out to you, my assistant. And we'll get in contact and help work through what you might be looking for, explain what we do, and how we can work together to bring men to Christ. So all of that's there um, on the Book Me page. Again, the narrow road. We're starting a new month. This month in November that we're in now is integrity. If you want to join the narrow road, you can go to Just a Guy in the Pew, join the community. You get your first first month 50% off. So instead of being $25, you are going to pay $14.99 and, and, you know, plus the shipping and you could check it out, see if you like it. Um, guys, hundreds of guys around the world are doing this now. I literally just sent off 10 more this morning um, at the at the post office. So they're coming in every day, and guys are really changing their life through this. So mm-hmm. if you're a guy that wants to become a better man, you're, I want to be a better dad, I want to be a better husband, a better father, any of that stuff, and you go, I don't know how, I don't know where to begin, this is a simple tool to help you begin, right? To start building your relationship with God through prayer and reading the scriptures, um, through learning a virtue and practicing practicing it each day in your life, in those main relationships of your life, and starting to build habits that take you away from vice and towards virtue. Mm-hmm. So that's what we all are looking for in our life. You can sign up for that at justaguyinthepew.com and then join the community. So now that we've gotten through all of that, I'd like to say, Victor, I'm glad that you're here today because we're going to talk about you today. You know, this is something wow. a lot of people have asked me. They've said, yeah. you know, I love Victor. I want to know more about him. And you know, I said, no, you really don't. You know, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I said, no, he's awesome. Well, and, and so we'll do something like that. Yeah. And I've been waiting for an opportunity because you have a very awesome story. You know, I've got a story. You've got a story. We all have a story. Mm-hmm. You know, some people say, well, I don't have a drug story and all this. It doesn't matter. We each have an individual story. Right. And you have a neat one that led you from where you thought you were going to be in your life to where you are now. And the reason I want to talk about it today is again, this month's virtue is integrity. And, you know, integrity is really defined as, you know, being honest and trustworthy. Mm-hmm. It's the quality of being virtuous. Uh, it means a, a man has a wholeness to him, right? There's no duplicitous, he's not duplicitous, right? And uh, what you see is really what you get. Uh, a man of integrity is the same man all the time, no matter the circumstances. And C.S. Lewis actually says, integrity is doing the right thing even when no one's watching. And today in this world, I mean, you don't have to look around long to see that the world you know, severely lacks integrity. You look at politicians, they run on this campaign and then they get in office and they're completely different than what they said. You know, you have businessmen and people that will present themselves a certain mm-hmm. way, but then when they, they get on that you know, road to power and all that other stuff, they change. Um, everyday men, you know, they're, we all wear masks, right? I, mm-hmm. I'm going to pretend to be this guy to this group and that guy to this group and that guy. And, and we spend our lives stuck in a facade in a never-ending changing of mask, and, and we don't really know who we are, and we don't have that integrity to just be who God calls us to be, right? And we see it a lot in Christianity, too. You know, you see people that go to church, and, and they're Mr. Christian when they're there, but when they're out in the world away from everything else, they're, they're, they're over here with their partying with their buddies or doing this or doing that and completely acting 
the opposite of what they present in their life. And look, I've fallen, obviously, in my life. Oh, me too. I lacked integrity a lot. But that's what I want to talk about today. So I just want to kind of say, Victor, you know, take us through basically growing up with your family, um, how you grew up, and and just what's happened in your life. Well, um, really, thank you for that. But uh, I still struggle with integrity. You know, I'm I'm not like 100% (laughs) Don't ruin the show, man. You're supposed to be perfect. (laughs) But uh, it's one of those things where, you know, for me, it was always the transition of life. We all have those moments where we, we begin our life thinking that this is what we're going to do, and then something may happen either to change that or propel us to where that decision wanted to be, be you know, for us to become. Mm-hmm. Well, I, you know, and if people listen to the show, you got blips of, of kind of like my story, and I know it's not been cohesive enough, and there's probably gaps in, in it, but uh, for, for me, my whole, almost every male in my family served the military. Mm-hmm. So the expectation for me at a young, time, young age was that's what I was going to be. My dad was Marine. I want to be Marine. So you'll laugh at me at this because I don't know if I ever told <laughs> you this, but, you know, we, I grew up with a pool in the backyard. So at four, age 14, I read an article about Navy SEALs, mm-hmm. you know, and how, what they had to do for Hell Week and stuff. So I started convincing myself that I'm going to be that or in Marine Recon. Mm-hmm. So I would swim in wintertime in my, my pool, and my mom would go, what the heck are you doing? I'm like, you know, I'm training. She's like, training for what? <laughs> the military. She's like, whatever. So, I mean, I would do that stuff, endurance. You're training for hypothermia. Right, right. <laughs> to, to, you know, hold my breath, how long I can hold my breath, all stuff. So, yeah. and I would read, like, military tactics and stuff. So I was training myself, preparing myself for what I wanted to become, a leader of men, but also a, a person in the position to make hard decision choices in the need of others. Okay? Yeah. That's how I saw myself in, in that aspect. But when I hit 20 years old, I had like um, back pain, mm-hmm. you know, and really it, from the hip and so forth. And for two years, went to orthopedists and all that stuff. They couldn't find it. Nothing, you know, they, they did scans and all stuff. And then I finally went to someone named Dr. Stowe in Pensacola, Florida, who actually ironically set my arm when I was seven years old doing a, a stupid daredevil trick. You know, the same man who fixed my left arm was the one that did a scan a little lower, um, you know, a little higher, sorry, from, from that area and found a tumor on my spinal cord. Mm. So because of that, um, there is a 50-50% chance either I'd walk, depending on how well successful, because it was there for a while. And it was yeah. quite large. It was in the root system of my spinal cord. Wow. I may have lost sensation in low, low, low regions so I wouldn't be able to walk. And if it was successful, my military idea would be gone. My sure. career, so you really, wouldn't be able to enlist because right, of the yeah because I'd be too much of a danger on the battlefield. Sure, if, if whatever. Um, what was, before you go further? Yeah. What was it like in that moment? Like when you you're sitting there, okay, what do I choose? Like I, this is I, I want sure. to be the man my father. At least I think my father is projected. He wants me to be yeah. or uh, my health. For for me, it was what it was funny because at first it was like yes, for two years they were trying to figure what I, I wasn't crazy. Mm-hmm. There was something wrong with me, so we found it. You know, and it was relief. Sure. The two was d- realizing that what I thought I w- was going to be isn't going to happen. Right. And and because of that, my faith started really building from there. Now, I, I love the church I grew up with. In you which know, Pre- was Trinity Presbyterian Church in Pensacola, okay. Florida. Loved it. The foundation of faith that they nourished me and my family. I mean, I, I enjoyed. Like you, had a great group of people that I went through mm-hmm. and and developed my faith. Um. But I think, like I said, there was a period of time where my faith was just personal and I made up as what I wanted to become in the mm-hmm. faith. Sure. Um, so I was, I, it really was diminished because I was self-serving. Mm-hmm. So 
when I had that tumor and we were planning for surgery and so forth, I was in college. So, and I was going through pledge chip and all that stuff for the fraternity. And so I had to withdraw from school and all that stuff and say goodbye to everybody, you know, sure. for that moment, that term. Um, but anyways, luckily this, the surgery was successful. Uh, Dr. Chapelot was able to, brilliant neurologist, uh, was able to remove it. Um, by the way, it was a schwannoma, which is like a rare thing. It's like, you know, one in a million kind of mm-hmm. thing, billion, million, millions, whatever. So um, he healed, you know, he was a great surgeon, so healing was pretty quick. Um, but then it was a slow process for me to learn how to carry myself to walk and all that stuff. I lost a lot of weight and I'm not, you know, pretty skinny anyways. So yeah, I kind of sure. look like a, kind of like a walking zombie, you know? Sure. Um, but, but anyways, with, with that growth, I kind of, of, of healing, um, I explored a concept of what do I do now? So I went back to college and graduated, but I became, I came back home, University of West Florida. Okay. Yeah. And I was really just, I threw myself into work, into study. And mm-hmm. I really didn't, I really didn't socialize much. Sure. Um, I had a good friend, you know, like I said, Ryan Stewart, who was, you know, part of my, my, my wedding. Um, he and I reconnected. He was, you know, he had his issue at Florida State and he came back and he was sober and clean and all that stuff. So it was really us two just kind of developed our faith together, you know, and he was Catholic. Mm-hmm. So he would take me to like St. Anne's and Gulf Breeze and said, that I'd be going and we're, everything's silent, like uh, adoration. I go, what's sure. this? He's like, Dude, this is adoration. I said, this is awesome. Yeah. You know, so I got little bits and taste of flavor of the Catholic faith, mm-hmm. even though I was still confirmed in the sense of Presbyterian faith. So I did a year trip in uh, Northern Ireland, reconciliation work between Protestant Catholics. And I got a bit of piece of both faiths, you mm-hmm. know, and I really understood more about the Catholic faith even though it was a divisive area and divisive country because of faiths, you know, um, I, I learned from both sides. Mm-hmm. So anyways, during that, that process, I was going through an idea, okay, what do I do next? I graduated sure. college. Do I want to be in business? Do I want to go into political science? What do I want to do? And, but yet I realized that I love serving. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the uh, form of ministry and so forth. Sure. So I had a serious talk with one of the 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 guys who with me who was who I room with uh, Kevin Carty who is a Presbyterian minister now you know mm-hmm. and he went to Union Theological Seminary up in Richmond Virginia so he said man what you, you thought about the ministry you know being a minister in, in the Presbyterian Church and I said maybe I don't know I don't know if I have that gift he's like he's like well f- there's formation process and you go through and all that you know sure. as, as every faith does so after after that year of service um, I went to go visit visit him and stuff love the seminary up there and uh, I, I applied and so there's one things where they said well you because your grades were a little poor my first two years because <laughs> I was fraternity you know yeah but then I I once my my healing happened you know my faith was the priority and not the sense of socializing sure my grades increased so I was able to kind of correct that first two years of, of, of miss adventures mm-hmm so it, it was one of those things where the concept of, of what to do next was kind of like, well, we'll put you on probation, you know, academic sure. probation, start off. I'm like, well, I don't want to start off like that. So anyways, yeah. I, I applied to other places and I could have gone anyway, but Memphis Theological Seminary is where I finally made that decision. Okay. So, so that's how you're here. That's yeah. why I'm here. Yep. So I came here in 2003, um, still part of the, the Presbyterian Church, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but the thing about Met, Met, uh, Memphis Theological Seminary, it's a Cumberland Presbyterian Church mm-hmm. um, affiliated seminary. And for people who were probably from the Protestant background, know that 
even within even one denomination, there's different splinter groups. Oh, sure. So, Some like, Baptist how many Baptists the, are there, yeah, right? A bunch, yeah. Right. So, Presbyterians, we have at least five or six. Mm-hmm. So, we have the Presbyterian Church USA, which was the one I was belonged to, the Presbyterian Church of America, the Reformed Presbyterian Church of Reformed Presbyterian Church America, then the Evangelical Presbyterian Church America, the Orthodox Presbyterian Church there's America. There's a lot of them. The Cumberland. <laughs> yeah. So, there's like a six of them. So, sure. And for me, Presbyterian Church USA was very heavy Calvinistic. Mm-hmm. That's where my tradition came from. But however, my church was kind of like more free will okay. thinking. If, if people who are, you know, the difference is that Calvinism is kind of restrictive in a sense of, well, we're, we're all either we're part of the elect or not part of the elect. Mm-hmm. No matter what. If God is omnipotent, we call that predestination, right? Mm-hmm. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. So anyways, I that. yeah. So anyways it's one of those things where I had to make that decision kind of where I was like, well, I don't know, fully understand the Calvinistic theology. Sure. So anyways, go through the whole process. I'm flipping back and forth where you need to be one denomination or the other. And then I go for my board after the uh, inquirer. There's this next phase where they say, yes, you're going to be, you can go ahead and do your ordination exams. Okay. So, so I was in that meeting and I presented everything that I had, mm-hmm. what I believed in and so forth. And I knew the majority of people on that board were a little different minded than me. Mm-hmm. So, and of course, I don't want to put anything, any blame towards anybody. Because sure. like I said, life choices happen for a reason. Mm-hmm. And if you, you believe that God has you in, in the, the palm of his hand, then you know that everything's going to be all right. Sure. So sure. I kind of knew walking into that my understanding of faith was a little bit more orthodox than the majority mm-hmm. of people in that room. Yeah. So when I went there and um, presented everything, um, there were some issues of some of the things I stated. Mm-hmm. Like for instance, you know, I, they said, well, in your, in your work, a body of work, you say that you, you, you have issues, not issues, but you believe that people must know, you know, Christ in order to get to heaven. And someone said, what about Jews and Muslims? I said, well, God's grace is sufficient more than I can put lim- limits on anybody. You know, that's God's choice. But if I'm going to be a minister of the word and sacrament, you know, I must say that the only way to, to know the Father is through the Son. Sure. Right? Well, they had issue with that. Um, other things I present in the sense of uh, kind of discussing Calvinistic theories and Calvinistic theology, yeah. they didn't like that either. So I already knew that at the end, without getting too involved in what was in that room, because I don't want to say it's too much, Sure. but there was a lot of back and forth. Uh-huh. And because I probably didn't present my argument well enough, uh, I was what? You yeah. Know? They said, uh, well, looks like you have some things that you have to revisit and go back and rediscuss and rewrite these things because some of these things are in conflict of kind of what, what we have come to the understanding. Sure. So, and I can understand that because I told them that I didn't really, I didn't fully understand Calvinism in the sense of what they wanted me to believe. Sure. So that's the conflict. Okay. So when they told me that they weren't going to approve me for the next step, Mm-hmm. And they told me to rewrite this stuff. Then I had to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Am I going to write what they want me to write? Or am I going to stand firm on what my, uh, my yeah. beliefs are? Yeah. And again, you know, I'm condensing a lot of what's going on. Sure, but yeah. just for the, the time and everything and effort, and people to understand is that, is that choices of integrity, I didn't know if it was integrity time, but choices that was laid before me is that I, I can't, again, a friend of mine said, just say what they want to hear and then yeah. do your own thing. Right. Well, I just, I couldn't do that. 
yes, it was three years of education, three years of hard education in the sense of yeah. all the work I put into it was not all for naught. Right. It was still a learning process. So anyways, I walked away from Presbyterian Church. I re- removed my, my um, process for continuing to ordination. Sure. And a lot of people, I know other people that had the same thing because they were looking for people with, with uh, knowledge of the faith, but yet they were ignoring the people who had the heart to serve or mm-hmm. the, the pastor's heart. Sure. Which I think where, where the church gets to the point where it's all about, you know, intellect. Yeah. And, and, and you remove people who may not be as intellectual in the body of the, of the, of the church, yeah. but yet have a desire to serve the and to help and, and heal, compassion, and, yeah. yeah. Then, then in a sense, you're, you're, you're trimming wood that is still worthy to grow on a tree, yeah. you know? And so I felt like I was trimmed, you yeah. know? And so I, I was pain from being removed from that because that's all I knew. And now when I married Christy, I married 2007. So anyway, she's Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I started becoming more involved within the Catholic church. And as you know, I, I met you eventually, you know, sure. became part of the group and stuff. And then the, I made that decision to become Catholic. Yeah. Well, one, so, one thing that you, you, you talked about this a little bit, but what I always found so interesting about your story is when you told it to me personally, you were always so concerned about what your dad thought and yeah. wanting to impress your dad and being the young man you thought sure. your dad wanted you to be. And so the surgery happens, you can't follow the dream of, of being the Marine like he right. was. And so you had told me once that like he was a, a serious, strong Presbyterian, and mm-hmm. so you were. That was another thing. I can go do this and be right. a minister in what my dad loves here, and that he was actually waiting in the hallway, sure. right outside, for you to come out and basically say, "I'm in, Dad." Right. And you had to go out there and tell him, "I, I wouldn't do what they wanted me to do," mm-hmm. right? Because I remember you telling me and saying, yeah. "They were like, no, you believe this, right?" And right. you're like, "No, I don't." Like, yeah. no, but you, you, come on, you believe this, right. right? And they're like saying, "Hey, man, you've been through this, and we're trying to help you out. Right. Just, yeah. just agree, and you get your stuff, and then go do your thing," as you said. But you stood there in front of them and said, "That's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to do anything like that." And that's why I wanted to hear this so much because. I think so many people in life, we just go, yeah, this is what I want. I'll do whatever it takes to get it, right? Or or I'll be a Christian when it's easy for me. But when other people question me about it, no, nah, I'm not really into all that. I just do that for my wife or I just yeah. do that for this. Or it's just sort of a show. And we're not men of integrity. We're duplicitous, right? And we, we're sort of like the Pharisees where we're telling people one thing and then doing another. That's really what you would have been in that moment mm-hmm. was sort of like them. Like, I'm going to say this and I'm going to agree, but I'm going to do whatever I want. And... You know, you hear things like St. Anthony that says, you know, it's useless for a man to flaunt his knowledge of the law if he undermines his teaching by his actions. And you weren't willing to do that, yeah. right? You weren't willing to say, no, I'm not just going to change this because it's easy for me. Another one, St. Charles says, be sure that you first preach by the way you live. If you do not, people will notice that you say one thing but live otherwise, and your words will bring only cynical laughter and a derisive shake of the head. And that's, Victor, what I've always found so great about you. One of the reasons I love you as a friend is you are who you say you are, mm. right? In that moment, even though you knew you are going outside, your dad's going to be disappointed. You certainly, I'm sure, were disappointed in the moment of, dang, I wanted this. And Oh, yeah, and, there, was, there was a hurt yeah. and recovery time that I had to come back to. the. I was always faithful to God, but it was kind of like, what to do now? Yeah, yeah. but in that moment, right. you, you with all that pain, with all that loss, with the disappointing, like, I'm not going to be what my dad wants me to be again, which I'm sure your dad loved no matter what you were. Right. But yeah. as a young man, we all want to have this image of what our father's going to feel mm-hmm. and think in our life. And and you stood there and you went outside and you and, and you told him I'm not going to do this again, you know. And yeah. and I just I find that 
I, I just couldn't think of a better role of integrity to talk about today than that. I mean, yes, you could talk about the, 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 the Pharisees, and you can talk about Judas and his lack of integrity when he's sitting there like he loves Jesus and his brothers and then sneaking off at night to to betray him or to steal money out of the out of the purse, if you will, yeah. when nobody was looking. And and we have a choice in life, right? We can we can either be the man that God created us to be, or we can be all these other things that everybody wants us to be. And we'll never be happy until we make the choices. The choice you made now, and you you've told me this, you know, personally, is John, like that happened for a reason. I was in God's hand, as mm-hmm. you said. And now I'm fully yoked with my wife and my children. I can go take communion with my daughter, Ella, and not be the one sitting in the pew watching her. Right. All mm-hmm. of those things. And and now you found the place that you're called to be, right? You've fallen in love with mm-hmm. the faith. And, and though it was a hard journey, just like mine or anybody else's is hard at some point, you made the choices that were hard. And that's really the difference if we're going to be the man that God wants us to be is if we're going to make those choices, Right? Jesus didn't say it was going to be easy to follow him. Right, He didn't say it's going to be cakewalk, cross is going to be light, don't have to work that hard, it's going to be cakewalk and everybody's going to love you. No, he said it's going to be hard, pick up your cross and follow me. Right, They will hate you because they hated me. And yet you're a man of integrity that picked up that cross no matter how much you didn't like that cross. Right, It was fitted yeah. for you, but you didn't like it at the time and you walked with it. I mean, that's one reason why I love you the way I do, man. You just... I know where I stand with you. Victor Adams is mm-hmm. is who he says he is. And if there's a lesson to be learned today as we're coming into the show, um, that's what we all have to be. No matter how hard it is, what we're going to lose, what people will think, there's a choice to be made each and every day in our life. And how we make that choice is going to determine who we are and what we're able to be for God. Right. And just be, be careful of the breadcrumbs that God lives in front of you because those are somewhere he's leading you to, to be something, to right. be something, be someone that... He wants you to be because we all have our own ideas of who we want to be, but it may not be the will that he has set before us. That's right. You know, it's okay for things not to work out the way you want it to work out. Right. So the root sins of this obviously are deceit and duplicity. So you want to be a man of integrity, you got to get rid of that stuff. I'm the same man no matter where I am, no matter who I'm with all the time in my life. Jesus, the perfect example of that. People hated him, persecuted him, all these things, but at the end of the day, you know, I must do the will of my Father, right? I must be the man that He sent me to here to be. So, and St. Philip Neri even says, Christian joy is a gift of God flowing from a good conscience. You have a good conscience when you're living in the truth, no matter what it costs you. Victor, thanks for your story today. No problem. Let's take it to prayer in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Spirit of truth, give me the strength and courage to act and speak with integrity. Help me to be honest and truthful as I carry out my roles and responsibilities. May I strive to be one that holds fast to the inner compass of conscience, thereby holding to my promises and commitments. And finally, God, guide me in all my ways and let me walk each day in integrity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.